don't get on LinkedIn and throw up your value prop on the very first date. You know, go ahead and do your research, find some people that you think are really going to be applicable to your solution. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about the future of sales technology. We all know tech moves faster than we can keep up with. And that speed brings with it challenges, not only for organizations, but also to individuals in the profession of sales who have to master these platforms. To help us, we have with us Jesse Scheckinger, the laziest salesman in America. I had to throw that in because it was in the bio that was sent to me, as well as the VP of sales for Encore Sales Engagement Platform. Jesse, thank you for taking time and welcome to the show. Awesome, Chad. I really appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. So we always start out with an oddball question. What is one thing that people that only know you through work or through your your profile or stuff like that, what's one thing you're passionate about that they may be surprised to learn? Um, I'm actually, I guess it wouldn't be super surprising, but I'm a TV junkie. Okay. Um, as the, as the laziest guy in America and people <laughs> go, I literally like, I watch like whatever the McDonald's version of television is. I have like yeah. some guilty pressures there. So it's sometimes embarrassing. I'm like, yeah, no, me and my wife just caught desperate housewives. We're on season five. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> is there a specific series or something you're into right now? Uh, actually, yeah. So right now I am, uh, I'm watching, I'm, I'm like, it's again, embarrassing, but I'm still catching up on Narcos, which everybody else is like, oh, love amazing. That one, yeah. And so I'm getting through the final, final on Narcos. So uh, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. So for our listeners, give them a little bit more context around Encore Sales, what you guys do in your role there. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, run the sales department for OnCourse and to give you, so OnCourse is a sales engagement platform. And usually when I tell people that they say, Oh, cute. You have funny words for CRM. And it is a little <laughs> bit more than that. You know, that the primary difference being that, you know, CRM is kind of that thing that you know, you stores your account history for clients. Maybe it's got some pipeline management stuff, some task management. And where the enablement platform comes from is it's really the communication thing. And so on OnCourse, the reason that we're a little bit different from your typical CRM is we bake in all of those communication tools, right? So we have a dialer that's inside the software. We have the equivalent of a MailChimp or constant contact type feature and functionality through email. The email syncs up with your email. So if you're in love with Outlook or if you're in love with just doing stuff from your phone, that stuff automatically syncs. We also do bulk SMS and we do um, a fair amount, which we can get into a little bit later of sequencing and controlled cadences and I'll get into that kind of stuff. And so on course, you know, our mother company was ZibTech, which is a software development company that focused primarily on building um, ERP, which is enterprise resource planning software and CRM for those of you that don't know, customer relationship management software for large groups. And in, in addition to having some customers come and basically just say, Hey, I want a custom CRM. 
and they didn't really have the budget and know how much of a uh, expenditure that was going to be. And so we're like, hey, we should probably create something for those customers. And then what really drove the point home was we were using, I want to say, seven different tools um, in our sales efforts. And I mean, this thing, like we had Salesforce, we had MailChimp, we had a bunch of other stuff. And what started off as like a $20,000 a year thing, all of a sudden I went through and I was like, man, we're paying like 60 grand a year. We have seven logins and none of this stuff is talking to each other. Like dudes, we have a software (laughs) development company. Like what are we doing? Right. So um, it all kind of got born out of that. And we are a young platform, meaning that we started with beta users in February, and then we launched uh, this new platform September of this year, and have already climbed above 500 users. And so the acceptance has been really great, and we're really just trying to carve out our little niche in this ever-so-growing CRM space. As I'm sure, Chad, you're aware, I mean – top of your head, you probably can think of what, like a hundred different CRM tools. Uh, and then you add in just the rest of the SFA stack. And it, I mean, the, it's almost as bad as the MarTech space. I mean, the way that I look at it, I have like 319 competitors, <laughs> Salesforce being the biggest dog. And even they only have about 19% of the market. So um, it's, it's a little cloudy out there. And our goal is kind of twofold. One, consolidate functionality, right? Like, it's cool that you have all these things, but how do you actually use them in a way that can help you steer the ship? And then also try to bring a little bit more of that human touch into the SaaS space. Excellent. So you hit on something I want to dive into there for a second. CRM versus sales engagement platform. And those, those uh, is sales engagement. And let's just be honest, the sales engagement platform, uh, a catchy repositioning of CRM or tell me, help me understand how it's different. Yeah. So your CRM function and like the base thing that every CRM should have is the, you know, the context. So you have the account rolling history, you can track opportunities, you can schedule follow up. The reason that we call it in sales engagement platform is because we want all communication. In addition to just tracking the notes and opportunities, we want a single source of all communication. And so that's really where the engagement port comes from. And how we organize that in the main differentiation is the the automation that we put behind the communication platform, right? And so I'm sure that you have heard of people having sequences in theirs, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sequences. In fact, some of them will call them cadences. Some call them sequences. But yeah, absolutely. Isn't, I mean, I don't know if they coined it, but I, Outreach maybe came up with sequence. I, I don't know. But yes, very familiar with yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So the... What we're trying to do with that is take it in a lot of people think of it and they're like, oh, well, it's just a drip tool and I'm going to put up seven different templates into an email and it's going to go and that's our automation, (laughs) right? Which is a way that you can use it. Probably not the most ideal and effective way, but what we like to do is, and you probably haven't, but just in case there's a group called Topo. Have you heard about those folks? Yes, I know Topo. Yeah, so you're probably familiar and your listeners are probably familiar with, you know, these different outreaches and every outreach has to have a couple of touch points because Chad, we're really in a place right now where you have to, you, you kind of surround people from all sides and find out exactly how they want to communicate. I mean, 
some people want to talk on the phone. Some people want to do email. Some people want to do text. Some people, you know, you just communicate through LinkedIn. And so you got to surround these people. And what we do with our clients is help them structure their outreach in such a way that one, we're not just, we don't come across like, I'm sure, Chad, you can probably see, sniff out a template from a mile away, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll, it's almost to the point where you can even tell by the subject line. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Well, and my big thing is like, listen, if you've got like three or four paragraphs, I'm pretty sure you didn't write that just for me. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of dude that like reads the headlines of the newspaper article. Right. Like, if it's, if it's beefy, like you already lost me. I'm like, I'm not reading your war and peace email or whatever right. you probably have. Um, I need you to actually kind of trim that puppy down. And it's the same thing with LinkedIn. And one of the most remarkable things, and this is how our tool really helps people is our tool has almost grown exclusively through LinkedIn outreach. And as a part of our platform, we have a Chrome plugin that operates much like a duck soup type functionality or some of these other ones, but it automatically creates the account inside of OnCourse and then it puts them into a sequence. And the one thing that we, we do different is I'm sure you've heard like the two by two rule where you try to take two minutes and make it personal and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. We, um, we really advise our clients because LinkedIn can be a very powerful way to outreach to people. But you can't be what I would say, anytime you have automation, Chad, you have, I would say, like junkies. Like they, if they have the ability to throw it a thousand one day, they're going to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's certainly, there's certainly a temptation there. And I'm sure that you've been like dinged by a bunch of people who have, you know, all these pre-thing messages done. And what we do is like, hey, listen, like <laughs> these people probably aren't going anywhere. Like we need to do this in a very smart and delicate way, right? Like connect with them, find out what's going on, find out if they do have a business problem that our tool can solve, find out what's going on before we just hammering them. And also just kind of our advice. So like with us, we have a client success associate. And the reason that this is important to us and what makes us a little bit different than other platforms is that you have a dedicated person assigned to your account. Because in my experience with all of these tools, people only use like 20 or 30%. Oh yeah. If that software simply because they don't know what they don't know. Right. Right. And so we have people and saying like, Hey, this is what works for us. This is what's going. This is how you need to do it. So don't get on LinkedIn and throw up your value prop on the very first date, you know, go ahead and do your research, find some people that you think are really going to be applicable to your solution. And, you know, get to know them, start the relationship, do that. And then you can, you know, sequence and put the times around that process. And so that's a lot of what we're doing and what we're kind of specializing in in order to kind of make it more of an engagement platform than it is a CRM. And so so the tech, so you're basically bringing together all of these disparate systems into one one platform to rule them all, let's say, right, for my, for my Lord of the Rings fans out there. Um, exactly. And, and that's great because... The tech landscape is a mess, right? It is an absolute mess. It, with clients that we work with, we could be doing on the outreach side, we could be doing outreach, sales loft, inside sales.com, any of the sequencers that, that, you know, are out there. We could be doing that. Then you've got your information. Then you've got to jump into another platform for content creation. So the, I mean, the, the number of things that we run into is absolutely amazing. But do you find that people spend 
so much time focused on the tech that they're not taking the time to look at their own behavior and in terms of how their behavior is impacting the effectiveness of the platform itself. A hundred percent. And I mean, just to comment real quick on your SaaS thing, as I said, our mother company does these solutions that we literally had a guy come to us and it's literally a SaaS tool to manage all of your SaaS tools. Like that's how ridiculous we've gotten. <laughs> and like tells you like when your licenses are up and how many users you have, and how you manage it all. And I was just like, dude, this has gotten absolutely silly. Uh, and so you definitely, you can get lost in the sea of SaaS and you think that maybe out there is the golden key, right? And to your point, it really is more about how the tool is going to complement your existing business process. Almost right. all companies were successful before they had a sequencing tool or a dialer or anything like that. And there's a way that we can properly position the tool to complement your sales process, not take it over. I mean, some of the tools that you've mentioned, they all bolt onto Salesforce, who's obviously the biggest dude in the room. And we have kind of more of a standalone solution and the way we do that is so that we can niche down to people's businesses and not make everyone conform to our program. Almost everything inside our tool is configurable. And the reason for that is because some people sell so many different ways. And let me give you an example. You know, if you have that typical SDR AE relationship, you know, yeah, you're doing high velocity sales, you're going to be pumping through cadences, you're going to be doing all that, but maybe you're more of a field salesperson and you're doing outreach in that area. Well, how's automation going to help me? You know, it's like, okay, well, actually we have a mobile app that has voice commands on it and you can walk out of a meeting. It's many of us have and everything's fresh in your head and you really want to do that follow up immediately, but it's kind of weird to just thank the dude like, and you saw him two minutes ago and you're in your car. And so having the ability to schedule those things out and actually schedule the next two, three tasks out and have some of those automated to just send out when you're ready. I mean, I, to give you some context of my background, I literally just been a professional peddler my whole life. It started when I was a kid selling like experienced golf balls and uh, grilled cheese sandwiches to construction workers nice. all the way through. I was in a tele telesales where we had to hit like 450 calls a week. And finally I was a field rep uh, working for an awesome company called Barry Plastics. And I was on the road like 300 days a year in field. And one of the most annoying things to me was I just didn't want to be bothered with a CRM and entering in any of those notes and doing that stuff. Like I stayed in a lot of embassy suites. There's a little cocktail hour from five thirty to seven thirty. I'm like, <laughs> I want to be, you know, BSing with the dude next to me. I don't want to be entering stuff into a CRM. And so right. as I hooked up with these guys and we built this tool, I was like, we want to, I'm like, I want this to like, I literally want to be driving down the road saying, you know, open, you know, open on course, enter the opportunity, enter my notes. I want to be talking and getting some, leverage out of that drive time instead right. of just being stuck with, you know, my whiskey and Coke trying to enter stuff into the CRM. <laughs> well, on the CRM, that, that barrier right there, that behavioral barrier is such a detriment to the sales reps themselves and to the company because without the data, without a true understanding of what's going on, you know, it's no surprise that forecasts are so far off or pipelines are so unpredictable. It's just part of the natural kind of human element that gets injected into this. So when you work with companies, how do you help them understand that balance? Yeah. So not only do we try to show them research of like what we've done, 
And also, I mean, you brought up a really good point there about, you know, lots of, I mean, some sales reps like might be under the impression that they're being heavily judged by their activity and they throw a bunch of garbage in the pipeline just to right. show for something there right before about 10 minutes before that cadence call, that pipeline jumps up by a million bucks. Right. So um, it's amazing how it grows so fast, right? <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah. But man, a lot of phone calls got returned on Monday at nine thirty. So yeah, so we we sit down. We want to make sure that we're showing them things that have been effective for us. And much like I used with the LinkedIn example of making sure that listen, you have a business process, and let's take a look at what activity your number one guy's doing. Okay. What is he doing? How long does he follow up? How many outreaches is he doing? What is his process? And then we model a sequence or cadence. Those terms are kind of interchangeable to model that behavior. And let's see if we can't get everybody on the same program and then see how that does results. And by, you know, being able to have, I'm sure you've seen like the MailChimp tools where you get to see like the opens, clicks, things of that nature. By seeing that kind of stuff, it'll help you not only perfect your messaging, but understanding timing better, right? Because we're seeing what messages resonate in what order. And so here's kind of a funny story for you. So I'm sure that you've seen the like video embedded email. Oh, yeah. And so the first time I got one of these, it was a very, you know, cute saleswoman who had a little bored and says, Hey, Jesse. And I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. You know, and she definitely got a call back. And so I was like, guys, this is phenomenal. Everybody, we're doing video email. Go. Right. And I turned it, <laughs> I turned the cruise ship like a speedboat. And that was a silly goose thing to do. Because what happened is we ended up getting no response. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, I don't get it. It worked on me so well. And what we realized through our messaging is that when we sent out, you know, kind of our email thing, what we learned is that everyone deletes the first six emails from you if they don't know you. Um, And back to our kind of like two to three paragraph thing. It's like, Chad, when's the last time you read an email that was more than two paragraphs from a dude you didn't know or a person uh, yeah. you didn't know? No, it D- doesn't happen. I don't have the time. Exactly. And you might have some stuff to say, but it's like, yeah, sorry, bud. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, really guilty of it. Like some of like the best part of my day is I wake up in the morning, I check my email, there's a bunch there. I really like to lower that number by just deleting a bunch of stuff straight out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, I'm down. Let's crush through these. <laughs> and so what we learned is like, okay, people are erasing the first six, but around that six to seven message, they're actually saying like, Hey, this dude's not going away. And if you nail them with a video at that point, then all of a sudden we started to see the engagement. Then we saw the percentages go up. And so it's like, oh, okay. Like we need to put this thing a little bit farther down in the process in order to see the results. Right. You, you got to have, you have to, we call it when we're working with clients, we call it priming memory, right? There has to be, it gets to a point where they've seen the name enough that you're not, you're no longer in that same category of who the hell is this? It's, exactly. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I remember this person for some reason. Maybe I should open this up and look at it. And there's people out there that take the position that email is dead. And I basically, I go back and forth with them all the time. I'm like, guys, it is the, I mean, it's the best ROI the world has ever seen, right? Like the cost of pumping out emails is nothing compared to some of the results that can come out of it. And this is where, you know, I have to say that you do need what I would say automation. You know, you have to have some control over it. Because if you get too out of hand, 
you know, you, you risk the burning domains and just, you know, a lot of people just want to download 10,000 names from zoom and sure. the thing. And, you know, and then you're annoying people and rubbing people the wrong way. I've had people literally competitors try to sell me their solutions. And I'm like, dude, you have to do one Google search. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not saying you're not doing a lot to get in touch with me, but at least know that I'm your competitor. Right. We had, I had one of those the other day. I had one of those the other day come in. Uh, actually went to a, to the CEO and she forwarded it to me and she's like, do you think this person even looked at what we do? Cause we're a competitor. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm guaranteed they didn't. Most of them don't. Yeah. And the way that I say this to people and when we're advising clients, you know, and how they should use their software in their process, we're telling them, you know, like act as if this is somebody that you were going to walk into a meeting with. Like, would you knock on a door having no idea what they do and take that hit face to face? Right. Like, right. so let's not do it um, electronically either. Yeah. And so, all right. So there's a element anytime you put in a new platform in an organization, and I see this a lot, you run into the change management nightmare, right? So I've, I've had several clients where I, I won't name the platform, but they've, they've implemented a platform. They're all excited about it. They're, they're, yes, this is going to just change everything. And then adoption of the platform falls like through the floor, right? It, less than 10% <laughs> sure. in some cases. In fact, some people be like, really? I don't remember ever being in training. Oh, oh, oh well, here's a picture of you actually sitting in the training. So you were there. <laughs> and, and so how do you work with them? Because if you're, if you're combining all of these solutions into one to rule them all, then there's an even bigger change element because there's a bunch of stuff they can get rid of. And so how do you, how do you approach a client to help optimize and smooth out the, the normal ups and downs of that change curve? Yeah. So, um, a couple of key things that we do there is one, we do have, because our mothership is a custom development company, uh, we have 240 engineers. And so we take care of the technical implementation in house. And so you literally have the guys that built the tool that are helping take you out of whatever tools you're in and converting that into our new platform. Okay. And the other thing is like, here's the funny thing about training. You have a couple different people, right? So you have the sponges and they're like the young buck that's just ready to soak up any new oh, thing. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you have kind of the tourists that are like, meh, maybe this might work. Maybe it might not. <laughs> then you have the, and then you have the prisoners, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm stuck in this training. Like literally you have no idea how valuable I am and you're wasting all of my value. Yeah. <laughs> so getting you kind of have to sniff those people out in your training and make sure if salespeople do not see that this is going to make their life easier, then you're done. And yeah. a lot of times changing CRM tools can and sales engagement software and all those sales tools are like changing company culture, especially in the sales department. And right. you have to be very cognizant of that. And so what we really do in our trainings is we spend the first time driving home. Here's all the crap you're doing. And here's all the stuff that's going to go away. Here's right. how you're going to be able to use some voice commands. Here's how you're going to be able to not have to do that sprint before the boss calls and wants to go over your opportunities, right? And this is how we're going to make all of your days easier. And we go through really critical examples of here's how your old tool worked. This is all stuff you have to do. Steps three, four, three through seven, you don't have to do anymore. Right. And so we get them in, we get them into that. And the other thing is we, our magical number is eight people. Anytime that you get more than eight people, 
you have, I would say like interaction shutdown, right. you know? especially if you start asking questions about the sales cycle. Some salespeople get a little bit timid in front of oh, the boss. Yeah. Exactly Wait, we have a sales process? process? What? <laughs> yeah. So kicking the managers out of the room during training is always ideal because I get to the real substance of how they're actually selling. And again, back to that first point of like, hey, this is how we're going to help you. Um, but we do in small groups and we said that we do it all remotely and it, it actually has ended up working. We try to keep it under eight for that very point. But that's how we get the buy-in. And also, you have to understand that anytime you're entering and bringing people into new sales tools, you can't just drop down the whole meal. You got to spoon feed them a little at a time. Right. Otherwise, it's just like overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, my life's ending. They want me to do all this stuff. Like, screw you guys. I'm going back to my outlook. Peace. <laughs> you know? So we like spoon feed them a little bit of change and a little bit of stuff. And we really craft out a solid implementation plan that not only does the technical requirements, but that onboarding and stuff as well. Perfect. And for anyone that's doing that, there's a really easy systematic method that you can get engagement without scaring the heck out of your sales team. <laughs> Which is always the goal, right? Yeah. We want them engaged, not scared. <laughs> well, and if they don't use it, it's all for not, man. And like the, yeah. the bosses, they all want, you know, information so that they understand like what products are working. And if you're in manufacturing, what kind of materials to buy and all this stuff. And they really need this information. But a minute, a couple guys go rogue. Uh, the entire thing starts falling apart. Oh, it only, yeah, it only takes one or two to walk up to the manager and go, so you're really going to make us use this? Yeah. And then you know you're done. You're fine. All right, let's change the direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. First is simply, uh, as an executive, as a VP, that makes you a prospect for other people. <laughs> so I'm always interested to know when somebody doesn't have a referral or or a credible introduction, what is it that you find gets your attention and earns the right to the 13, 16 minutes on your calendar? One, I really like people that ask for time on my calendar and don't just say like, when can we have a call? Asking for time tells me a couple things about you. It says one, you understand how this dance is going to be done. Right. Um, and two, it says you're respectful of my time. You know, it's trying to do also, especially if it is some kind of email outreach or you're even, you're calling in, if you can show that you've done even a little bit of research about me prior to our call. I mean, I had one lady who she was a rock star for whatever company she was out, but um, let's just say like, I mean, she was like, congratulations on your promotion. How are like, she looked up like all the people on LinkedIn that worked for me. How are they doing their new roles? It's like, wow, she's a, she's a rock star. And so that like triggered and got me engaged right away. All right. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales and marketing or professional services people, one piece of advice you'd give them that if they listened, you believe would help them hit their targets, what would it be and why? Take the time to research your prospects very heavily before you put them into automation and make sure because that's what's going to get your results. And study the analytics, make sure that you are really time to um, I think it was like Abraham Lincoln maybe that said like give me two weeks to ch chop down a tree I'll spend the first week and a half sharpening my saw right uh, that's really the, the that's really like what I try to tell people is like you're about to put some serious horsepower behind your efforts so don't take one minute and put a template together because you're baking this into a 22-day process and so I think that's where people 
trip up a lot and don't see the results a lot because a they didn't vet the people in their list well enough and b they didn't take the time to really craft the right messaging and do the personalization that we talked about awesome jesse if a listener's interested in talking more about these topics or learning more about encore sales where do you want us to send them Okay, so number one, go to tryoncourse.com, uh, sign up for a demo. We'd love to talk to you, find out, learn more about your business. If you have any questions, you can actually reach out to me, Jesse, at tryoncourse.com. I don't really care if people spam my email. That is what it is. Um, <laughs> but you can reach out to me directly there. And we're also very present on LinkedIn. Uh, you can check out the Encourse platform on LinkedIn as well. All right, Jesse, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking time to be on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, thank you so much, Chad. You're a rock star, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.